Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Nate. This is the Nate Show podcast. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Be sure to follow along on social media at the Nate Show on Facebook and at that's Nate Cox on Instagram. You can also ask Alexa or Siri to play the Nate Show podcast, and she'll start playing it. How about that? So thank you for tuning in. Let's get to it. All right. Well, I am joined on the Nate Show podcast today via telephone by comedian Alex Stokes out of Knoxville, Tennessee. And um, I've heard really good things about him, but, you know, I always say this, I don't want to tell his story. I want him to do it, you know, himself. So if you want real quick, just sort of introduce yourself and say hey to the people. Hey, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, I know it's a weird time right now, but, um, yeah, my name is Alex. I'm uh, I'm a stand-up from Knoxville, Tennessee. I grew up in uh, Sevierville in the Gatlinburg area. So uh, that's where that's where I went to high school, then went to UT and Graduated with Tate Manning. That's how old I am. Wow. So I was about ten, ten rows behind him. So, um, so I did that, and I, I was a stockbroker for fifteen years. Uh, got a divorce and was bored, and saw a, an ad for an open mic at a side splitters comedy club, which is now closed. But uh, so I'd never even been in a comedy club before. Went over there and watched it. Uh, was completely fascinated. I signed up. Next week I started and. Ten years later, here I am. So I've, I've never stopped. And, uh, that's quite the um, that's quite yeah. the background. First of all, it's quite the background, and then the turnaround <laughs> from you know stockbroker to you know stand up comedian. It's like it's not one that you see or hear of very often, but that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I'm curious because <laughs> we didn't talk about any of this beforehand. Um, which one is more nerve wracking, the stockbroking or the comedy? Oh gosh, that's a that's a good question. Um, I'm I'm much happier now than I was. I'm, I'm ne- I actually never enjoyed being a stockbroker. It's funny because I I got my degree in medieval literature at UT, which um, yeah, that is a real thing. And um, I went from that to being a stockbroker, which I know it's a natural transition, and um, did that. And I, I just, I've never liked it, and it was a lot of pressure. And uh, stay, you know, doing stand up. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure, especially those first few years was, was rough. But now, now I I just enjoy every second of it. So I don't I don't really feel the pressure now. I don't know what it's going to be like coming out of this being out yeah. for a few months. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be pressure on all of us. But um, but yeah, no, I, I would probably say being a stockbroker, which I'm very thankful that I'm not one now. So <laughs> that would be bad. Yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs> I think that you, just personally speaking, I think you made a good choice in the transition yeah. there. Um, and I, tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like, you know, you can't obviously as a comedian control what the audience, you know, how they respond or whatever. But at least in this line of work, you have a little bit more control over your stuff because it's still predicated on you and what you bring to the table, your writing, your delivery, that thing, as opposed to, you know, something that happens, you know, in the economy like this, you can't control that if you're, you know, doing the stock stuff. So at least, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it's like it's no, a little bit less pressure here than there would be like right now if you were still doing that. So that's, that's, that's definitely true. And I've never even thought about that before, but yeah, no, that's a good point. It, it is a completely different mindset going in because you, it's all up to you. Um, well, obviously, like you said, different crowds are going to be different, you know, rowdy bar crowds and all that good stuff. You never know what you're going to get. But 
that's what makes it exciting, though, I think, at the same time. So. Yeah, for real. Um, and, you know, and I, I wasn't aware that medieval, medieval literature was a degree that you could get. But, I mean, I never went to college, so it doesn't really say anything. It's like I don't know yeah, anything, you know. obviously. But, um, but, but I don't think I really did either, but I got a degree, so, yeah. Well, well you've obviously used some of that because you're, you've written some books. Is that right? Yeah, not, not anything really close to uh, medieval or old English or anything like that. But, yeah, I've... Um, I've published oh, five five books now, and I've got two more getting getting ready to come out. That's what I'm working on right now. So, um, the 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 first one is called "Messing with Tourists: uh, Stupid Answers and Stupid Questions," and they're just conversations that I had with drunk people in Gatlinburg, out on the strip. And, um, and so, I've had volume one and two of that. Volume three is getting ready to come out. It's a year overdue right now, and then. Uh, my third, my second book was actually uh, called Five Years of This, Husband, Father, Comedian, My Story, and it basically tells the story. It's, this is my actual only real book. <laughs> the Messing with Taurus are they're, they're bathroom books pretty much. You just Everybody sticks them in the bathroom. It's a, it's a good, fun read. Um, but my the Five Years of This, that one kind of tells the story of how I went from being a stockbroker to comedy. Um, and a couple things that's cool about the book is it, it shows what it was like those first five years, all the different kinds of shows that I had to do to make it, um, whether it's some rowdy bar show. Um, I do. A, I started doing corporate shows my second year. I headlined my first theater a year and a half in, um, just a lot of weird, weird shows, stuff that I shouldn't have done, that I, I did it too early, but it was a good learning experience. So that part of it's cool. It's Anybody that's wanting to get into comedy can see very clearly the kinds of things you have to do those first five years. Um, but the other cool part of it is it's, it's also a history of the Knoxville comedy scene from, I guess, 2010 to 2016. And you, you can see how all the changes uh, happened from where you had Side Splitters, our only comedy club, to when Matt Ward came in and started doing the underground comedy and how they were clashing, and I was right in between both of them. I was one of only a couple comics that were doing both. And so it's a, the book itself has got a lot of cool, cool pictures from a lot of the old open mics that aren't, don't exist anymore and things like that, and a lot of really, really fun stories. Um, and then the other one, I've got a children's book, of all things, about a, a bear up in Gatlinburg, so... Um, yeah, it's kind of a wide range, but uh, no, no, uh, no divine comedy or or Canterbury Tale kind of stuff. It's a, it's mostly comedy related. So, I mean, that's a that's my favorite topic. So, I mean, that's oh yeah, me too. <laughs> but that is so cool that you're able to branch out and do you know at least if nothing else, you were able to use your sort of passion and love for literature and turn it into something that you cared about and, and put it out there. So that that's really awesome. Um, yeah, the, the the funny part how it started was I everybody else was selling T-shirts and stuff like that at their shows, and I thought, yeah. well, I want to do something different. And I'd been do I had been posting uh, these conversations I was having with drunk people on Facebook, and I had comedians from L.A. and New York or like, man, you got to put those into a book. And then that's kind of how it started. I, I never set out to be an author or write books like that. It just kind of 
just kind of happened that way. And now I just I really enjoy writing, and I, I, I write for other companies and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, I never intended for that to happen. That's uh, that's pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Did I know you mentioned you know you were doing the stock stuff and then you saw you know open mic and decided to do it. Was comedy something you were always into and admired before then, or did it just kind of strike you in that moment, or maybe a little mix of both? Um, I, I had watched it a lot on TV. Yeah. Like I was watching, I'd watch every special, and I, I'd never ever thought about trying it. No, I'd never. Matter of fact, when I went to the open mic, I had only seen one comedy show ever in person. Ever, ever. Yeah. I went to see my friend sent me to see James Gregory. I think. Oh, was, I love James Gregory. I saw him. Uh, oh, I did I was too. Like thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, that that sounds like me. I, you know, I was probably in my twenties, and I, I'd gone to see him, and that was it. And so I'd never, never even crossed my mind. And when I was at the open mic, I, I guess I had about twenty people signed up, doing five minutes each, and uh, I was just blown away. And like I said, I was a single dad. I, I was a newly single dad, and I was moping at home. I had nothing to do, and um, that's why I went in the first place. And I was fascinated. I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And on the way out, the the club owner was like, hey, anybody wants to sign up for next week, you know, you know, go ahead and you can go on our website, whatever. And apparently at about 4 in the morning, I drunkenly signed up, and I didn't even realize I'd done it. And so at that time, I was still a stockbroker. And so I spent the next week with, uh, talking with one of my coworkers, and I was like, "Man, I've got to write five minutes worth of jokes, and I don't, I don't even know where to start." And, um, and that's how it started. And, uh, matter of fact, the, the next week when it was time for my first open mic, I pulled up in the parking lot, got in my car, I threw up in the parking lot, got back in my car, drove away, called my friend. He's like, "Dude, you got to do it, man. We worked so hard on these jokes." And he's like, "Just make it a bucket list thing." I was like, "Okay, so." That's, so I went back and did it, and that's how it, that's how it started. I'm not going to ask you what the joke was, but do you remember, like, the first real laugh that you got doing that? Because I remember mine, so I'm, I'm always curious if other comics remember theirs. <laughs> I, I do. I, I, it's funny because the very first joke that came out of my mouth, it was, it was so terrible, but I got laughs, which was weird, because I wasn't expecting it, but I, I guess everybody else was really bad, too. So I was like, oh, well, so I got to laugh. But it was such a bad joke. But I ended up, and I, and I tell this to, to uh, I still tell, talk about this in shows now, is the evolution of a joke. Because this one 15, 20-second joke I told turned into my closer about a year and a half later, and it was about a one-and-a-half to two-minute bit. And so it, it evolved. But yeah, it was it was really it was really bad. I've still got the video of it, and I'm like, I can't believe they laughed at that. But yeah, yeah. so I, I definitely remember. You're obviously on a much higher level than I am, but I've still got I've got the video, you know, from my first show, and it was the same thing because I was like, I don't I didn't even think it was funny, but I just remember just kind of standing right. there as the laughter happening, like happened, and I just I wished I could stand there forever with the laughter. Oh still. yeah, <laughs> it's like I never wanted to do anything else. Just, oh, it's, like, it's, it's the uh, biggest high in the world. I, oh, I know. I, 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 uh, 
I made just just because of that one laugh. I made so many stupid decisions over the next few months, <laughs> like qu- quitting my job. That I had a had a big salary, big nice condo. Six months later, I'm like, okay, now I'm broke. Um, I don't know if I should have done that or not, but but it was all because of like you said, that one laugh was so incredible. You're like, oh my god, I can't I can't believe people actually laughed at me. I mean, I've heard I've heard Steve Harvey talk about you know he did his first open mic and then like he. That feeling was so good to him, like he like he cried in his car afterwards, and then he oh, yeah. ended up he ended up quitting his job the next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't do it that quick, but yeah, it was it wasn't long after. But it was, uh, man, yeah. I, I I eventually after I think it was after a month or two of going every week to this open mic, I uh, I finally had to, I, was, I was like I'm 36 years old. We've got two kids. I was like, I got to make a decision. I either have to do this for real, or just give it up. And I was like, I can't, because that's all I was thinking about. Like, it was like after that first night, I couldn't stop thinking about anything but writing jokes, and I couldn't yeah, wait till the next Wednesday, you know, to go. So comedians, once they do that and get that bug, I don't believe that they're wired to do anything else after that. No, it's, it's kind of like. It has to be some sort of freelance performing, even if it's not specifically doing stand-up, like you're doing all exactly. kinds of different stuff. Because oh, you just yeah. don't like the idea of someone else controlling, like, your paychecks and your time. It's like once once you've felt the other side of it, you don't want to do anything else at all. Exactly, yeah. And it, it changes your entire mindset, too. Just in normal daily activities, like and I talk about this a lot, too, on stages. I'll be at the grocery store with my kids, and everybody else would have normal thoughts, and my brain is going off in such weird directions. Like, oh, oh man. yeah. I can look at a box of cereal and come up with a, a sex bit. I'm like, how did that happen? I didn't even mean for that to happen, but that's the way my, my, my brain works now. You, it's like those, I don't know if it's like, I know it's a meme now, but I don't know what movie it's from, but like where it'll, you'll and you see it on a lot of things now, spoofed a lot of different ways, but you'll see it zoom in on someone thinking and it shows like all the math equations like over their head. Oh yeah. Except for uh, yeah. except for you, it's like jokes and bits. It's like that's just everything suddenly the world suddenly becomes material that you can use and turn into something. Exactly. Oh yeah. My wife even we've been married eight years now, she she still doesn't understand it, I don't think, but I feel sorry for her sometimes. But oh well. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, it's a totally different yeah. mindset. Like it's people may think it's weird. Like I don't care though. I think it's like the coolest thing ever. Um, yeah, and like they say, you know, a lot of teenage. I have teenagers, so a lot of people, their teenagers, don't want to go out with them in public just so they're not seen with them. Mine are actually scared to go out with me, so it's a it's a whole different different ball game. So yeah, they're they're afraid what I'm going to do or say. I guess. Well, you got. I mean, it's, I don't want to call it an addiction, but you've got to. You've got to get that laugh somewhere. You got oh, to get yeah. that reaction. It's, it's, <laughs> exactly. That's for sure. It's why I was actually chatting earlier. I don't know if you know Jennifer Ferris or not, but I was chatting with her earlier today, um, and it. I was comparing comedy to wrestling in the sense that you're just trying to get a reaction. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's true. To, like, and the better reaction you get, the better performer you are. It's like it's it's, it's, it's a weird exactly. parallel, but I think it works. Um, well, that that that's for sure. But um, it's 
I want to, it's kind of an awkward segue, but you're also, I think you mentioned to me you're doing um, a comedy class at UT as well, mm-hmm. right? Do you want to talk yeah. about that for a second? Oh, yeah. Um, that's probably my, my favorite thing that I do now is uh, it started in 2017. One of my best friends and I were talking, and he said, have you ever thought about teaching a class at UT? And I was like, about what? He's like, stand up. And I was like, well, they don't offer anything like that. And he's like, well, you got to ask him. So out of a, as a joke, I sent an email to UT, and I said, have you guys ever thought about teaching stand-up? And they're like, no. And they, but they said, that sounds interesting. Um, tomorrow, the dean of the, of the college will call you. We're going to have a conference call. And I was like, okay. So we get down there the next day, and he's like, yeah, five minutes to make me laugh. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I had all these people on the phone, and, I guess it worked, and so they were like, all right, we'll try it out. It's a night class. Anybody can sign up. And um, and so they said usually we get about five to six people for a night class, and I was like, okay. Well, the very first one, we got 19, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's crazy. And and so the way the class originally started out, it was, it was a six-week class. The first five were in the classroom where – we worked on writing and different things. I even had one class dedicated on how to hold a microphone and just, you know, just the basics. <clears throat> and then the last, uh, the sixth class, they had to perform at a different bar or venue downtown Knoxville. And so I did it like that for a couple couple semesters. And then we finally switched it uh, to an eight-week class. And so you've got four nights in the classroom, and then you have to perform four different times at four different venues. And um, it's been crazy. I've, I'm, I'm getting ready to start my 11th class, and it's I think I think I'm right behind the photography class is the second biggest class they have in the non-credit department at UT. So uh, it's really really kind of blown up, but it's a lot of fun. And the way I, I do it is. When they have to perform, I, I will usually start out at like a really small brewery where I know the crowd will be small, and then I'll work work it up until the last show is always at Schultzbrow, which is a, a brewery that seats 250 to 300 people outside, and it's always packed, and it's a, it's a really cool experience for for all my students. And uh, but I've had I've had everything from a 14-year-old high school student to an 85-year-old retired Southern Baptist preacher take my class. So it's fast. For me, it's great. I just get to sit back, drink beer, critique them, and I'm like, all right, I'm getting paid for this. This is, this is awesome. But, you know, it what, really is. A- what I really love about that, just personally speaking, is that it's not simply – I don't know what image people get in their head when you say, well, comedy class, but the fact right. that you have kind of your – fundamentals and like your first things first like you mentioned how to hold a mic this like yeah. some of the intangible stuff that people may not consciously think about um, and then you're putting it into action and having them go out and do that like that's the best part about that it's not just hey here's how to be funny you know because right. in a lot of cases yeah. people either have that or they don't but if they want to learn to develop a certain, you're developing a skill you know and that's really awesome Exactly. You know, I see so many people talk about how comedy classes are stupid, and you know, I would well, I would agree if it's a class where they're trying to make people funny, yeah. which that you can't really do that. But it's the way I it, it took me a few different classes to figure out exactly 
you know, the best way to go to do this, but I can at least I can show you how to how to even form a joke or a bit, how to put that into a set. Um, the whole first class, I teach them about the different types of shows, the how an open mic even works, like signing up, how they pick you to order, the difference between a comedy club open mic or a bar open mic, um, the difference between a bar and a brewery, corporate shows, charity shows. I mean, I, I touch base on every single type of thing they may encounter, and um, I tell them, you know, comedians are not the easiest people to deal with. <laughs> so, you know, anytime you go, once the class is over, if you go out into the real world, you know, you're already going to know, hey, a lot of them aren't going to be too friendly. They're going to backstab. Yeah. There's a well, lot of really nice ones. That's the so. other reason that I compared it to wrestling is because there's a lot like Oh, yeah. A lot of people are still – I mean, the people obviously like Danny Witts and, like, there are people that I've grown close with that are really cool. Oh, yeah. They aren't all like that. You know? Right. So, oh, yeah. You're, you're no, it's, right it's true. It's uh, It's crazy. But one thing that's, I think, really good for the – classes they they all get to do it for the first time all together and and so the pre you know the the pressure's not there of like walking into an open mic where you're the you're the only new person another 15 20 people they've been doing this every week now you're with the whole group it's all of your first times and i've had some i've got a few that are already featuring after you know it's been six months or a year um and then i've got a lot that you know just I would say 80% of the people that take my class don't actually want to be comedians. They either want to be better speakers at work or better writers or just some of them just want to do it just to do something different. So, you know, it's uh, it's fascinating because I, the, the variety of people that I get is, is crazy, crazy. So That is cool because, like, and you just nailed it. Like, you're – it's – it doesn't just help you if you want to try to be funny on a stage. Like, there's several different... Right. Flexing those comedy muscles, like going to the gym and working out real muscles, like it's going to help other yeah. areas of your life and your and everything exactly. as well. So that's really, that's really good. And you've got... I know you said, because you're doing all kinds of stuff, you have a sketch show. We may have already mentioned this. If we did, um, I'm sorry, but you have a show... Not a sketch show, but you have a show coming up at the Mirage pretty soon. Right. right? Lord willing, yeah. you know, the, world, the world opens back up. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Our first show was actually supposed to be March 27th, and obviously that one and, and the April one have been canceled. So um, it's going to be a last last Friday type of show, and it's going to vary between, you know, a showcase, which, uh, you know, I'd love to have you anytime you want. You just let me know. Um, come up, and I'd love to have you. But um, you know, some months it might be a showcase. Some months we might have a different headliner. Um, it's I'm just going to kind of play around with it. It's a it's a really cool room. It's a it's a Mediterranean Egyptian style underground um, restaurant that's only open on weekends, and they have a hookah bar, belly dancing, and all that kind of stuff. So, and it's right right down on Gay Street downtown Knoxville. So, um, really looking forward to that. They're they're my uh, primary sponsor this year is the Mirage and the Skybox Sports Bar. So, um, they're sponsoring all my shows this year. Then at the last minute they're like hey why don't we do our own show while we're here and I was like well, let's, let's do it so yeah so looking forward to that 
Yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely anytime when I'm able. I was actually just talking to uh, Chris Rogers earlier. Like as soon as I oh, can yeah. get back, if I can get back towards Knoxville as soon as possible, I will when all this is over. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's there's a yeah, lot of so stuff I miss. I miss it out there, and there's a lot of stuff that I want to check out, especially all the different stuff you're doing. Well, that's really good. Yeah, and I got to yeah, get and- your classes too. Like that's definitely something I want to check out. <laughs> Well, one thing, too, for anybody listening, the, my I was supposed to have an April class. Well, it got canceled. Well, my next one starts the 1st of June. Well, UT has canceled all classes yeah. uh, all the way through July. So they called me, and they're like, hey, you know, we've got a lot of people wanting to sign up for your class. Would you do it online? And I was like, sure, I don't care. And so what we're doing is we're still going to have the class in June. It's still going to be eight weeks. Um, I don't know if we're going to use Zoom or, or what, how we're going to do it yet, but uh, we're going to have the eight weeks. You're going to perform for the rest of your classmates four different times online. And then so I told UT, I said, what I'll do is I'll throw in at least two extra classes for free. So when, when all this clears up, we'll still go out and perform at live venues. So you'll get at least ten classes on this one instead of eight. Um, so I think that will be it's going to be kind of different, but, um, yeah, so anyway, one neat thing about this, I've had a lot of people that wanted to take my class but didn't live close enough, so this might be an opportunity to uh, to do the class online and and uh, not have to drive up here every day, so wherever. That's, that's so, good, too, because I think it's, it, you know, and I think maybe this is just another ability that the comedian has, like when stuff like what's going on right now happens, you have the ability to go, okay, that's fine, well, we'll figure it out, we'll do it, you know, we'll do, like, we'll do it online. Right. It's like, there's, there's not a roadblock that, like, you're specifically, you're specifically tailored to overcome these type of things, you know, <laughs> especially with yeah, your experience well, now. It's like, okay, we'll figure it out, whatever. Well, let's hope so, but, like, as you've probably figured out, I'm not the best at technology, so we'll, we'll, we'll hope that goes well, we'll figure it out, so. Well, that's the other thing, too, is, like, you know, this line of work, like, yeah, there's a bit of technology, especially when you do live streams and stuff like that, and I've seen a lot of comedians right. doing live shows that way. Yeah. Um, but stand-up is one of, like, the last few, like, pure forms of, I don't want to call it art, but it, even though it is, but, like, of the entertainment yeah. where you're still person-to-person, face-to-face for most of it. Right. Yeah. You know, and so that's what's really great about what you're doing is it's still even though even you're having to do this online we're doing this conversation on the phone like it's still kind of the purest form of entertainment and since that you can't take it no you can't (laughs) that's for sure you know it's not like you know like a movie where we could record it and then you know add a bunch of effects to make it better like if you're either funny or you're not there's like right there's a lot of skills you have to have but you know it's still at the end of the day, I've heard Jerry Seinfeld say there's like the crowds grading your paper from second to second, and it never ends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is true. But, but at least that way you know it's real. It's true that way. So. Yeah, definitely. I meant to ask you this at the front, and um, I'll put a disclaimer before the podcast episode goes up so people can kind of follow along, but where all can people find you on social media and that sort of thing? Okay, um... Well, I've got my website right now. I'm getting ready to change it, but for right now, it's, it's just uh, comedianalexstokes.com, and you can buy all my books. You can get information on the classes and all that good stuff on there. Um, and 
I, I probably need to go in there and cancel. I, I was getting ready to go on tour. I had shows lined up in Colorado, Minnesota, Wyoming, <laughs> and all that for June. I, that's probably getting canceled. I probably need to take those down. But um, on Facebook, I have about 14 different pages for some reason. I have no idea why, but uh, just uh, Alex Hoax, comedian, author, that one is my my main page, I guess, and then uh, same name under Twitter, all that stuff. I don't I don't really use much besides Facebook. I've got Instagram and all that, but yeah, you can find me on all of it somewhere. <laughs> I just don't. I'm not like I said. I, I use Facebook mostly, but I'm I'm around. I was gonna say you got yeah you got what you need you got the basis covered there um, yeah speaking speaking of real quick was there anything else you wanted to mention or promote or anything I'll make sure we didn't leave anything out here oh not not that I can think of right now um, I mean if there's anybody out there when when all this settles down I, I do a lot of corporate shows so if any of you guys got companies that need some laughter afterwards feel free I, I come up up to the Tri Cities area a lot so. Um, yeah. Actually, I don't know if you got time for a funny story. I, yeah, from sure. November, November and December, I had probably about 16 corporate shows. It was like one of the biggest two month spans I've had in a long time. And one of them, I uh, I was I got booked to do a show for it was about 150 nonprofit employees in Johnson City, and so they they didn't give me a whole lot of information. The only thing they told me was they wanted an hour and they wanted it to be um, PG but naughty, which didn't, you know, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And uh, so they gave me the address. And uh, I drive there and, and I put, I've got my GPS in. I pull in and I'm in a Food City parking lot in Johnson City. And I was like, this this can't be right. So I called my wife and I was like, hey, we put this in your phone. Tell me where it comes out. She's like, no, that's it. You're, it's at a food city. I was like, what in the world? So, oh, you did? The, okay. I don't want to get ahead of your story. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Yeah, you probably know more than I did, <laughs> obviously, at that point. So here I am. I'm, I'm walking in with my note. I've got, I've got my bag. I've got some books for sale and all that stuff. I walk in, and I have to go up to a cashier in the food city. I'm like, hey, um, I'm a comedian. I'm supposed to do a show here. And they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah I have no idea. <laughs> and so next thing you know, she's like on the announcement thing and then a guy from the meat department comes up and he's like what's going on I'm like um yeah I'm, I'm the comedian he's like for what and I was like I, I have no idea at this point dude I was like he's like well there's a room upstairs and um yeah he's like maybe it's there I was like okay so I walk up the stairs and uh outside of the room there were about 15 of the uh the sit down carts <laughs> All lined up outside the room. I was like, "Oh gosh!" I was like, "This is gonna be an older crowd." And so, I walked in, and I think the youngest person in there was probably around seventy-five, and it was a big room, no alcohol, all the lights were on, and it was. I, I immediately had to start rewriting an, an entire hour oh. set because I I did a PG naughty set, and I was like, "All right, let's get rid of the naughty part." I don't think they know what that meant, but. Yeah, so I, I fought through that one. It wasn't easy, but yeah, that was that was my last trip to Johnson City, I think, in December. So, <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack there. Personally, yeah. for me, I love a lot about that because I've worked for Food City three different times. Oh but yeah, I know, the, I know the company pretty well. 
So that's fun yeah. in itself. Did they did Food City book that show? Like who booked that? Like who reached out to you on the front end? Do you remember? It was the, it was the nonprofit agency had booked me oh, yeah, through right. one of they booked me through one of the uh online gig like corporate gig sites. And so yeah, they didn't tell me it was inside of a Food City, so no nobody at Food City actually knew what was going on. There, yeah, that's the part that's funniest to me because I can – first, it's funny without knowing what I know about Food City. <laughs> knowing all that, it's even funnier. And I can't think of a better way to describe Johnson City than PG but naughty. Like, that's yeah. like a funny tagline, <laughs> and it just kind of fits our city kind of perfectly because um, it doesn't make any sense, but that's the whole idea, I guess. But, yeah, yeah that, well, I'm actually I... really – go ahead, sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say, I'm just really glad that you told that story because that's fantastic. Well, it's funny because in, in my book, Five Years of This, in, in the back of the book I have a, a chapter that's called, I think it was the three or five weirdest shows I've ever done. And one of the three or five, I can't remember what how many it was, but one of them was in Johnson City. And so it was at a place called Boots and Spurs. I don't know if you remember that, but um, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it lasted long. So, but uh, yeah, it was a it was a cowboy bar. And this is the short version of the story. But it was a cowboy bar. I got there. There were five people there, and the woman. It was five guys, all in their mid fifties, and they the the woman who owned the bar asked me to perform up on the bar, Coyote Ugly, to five middle aged guys. Oh, and man. one minute into my set, I hit my head on a Dell Earnhardt car that was hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> And uh, and then halfway through my hour, I got interrupted by the guys, the five guys in the crowd, because they decided to have a pickled egg, pickled egg eating contest. So I had to stop the show for 15 minutes while these guys had a pickled egg eating contest. And my wife was like, I could see her whispering to me. She's like, Have you already been paid? I was like, Yes. And I was like, We're all good. So yeah, that was uh, one. That was one of the weirdest shows I ever had. But. That kind of had a flashback there. Sorry. I know. I first of all, those are hilarious stories, but it, it bothers me as someone that like I want. I've been wanting to turn Johnson City into like a lot of into like a really cool place. That's why I'm trying to do the talk show and stuff there. Oh yeah. But it makes me sad that like two of your most vivid memories of Johnson City are <laughs> those. Oh two no, memories. I love Johnson City. No, I I did some great shows at the Comedy Zone. Back in the day, you yeah. know, in, in the Holiday Inn, and and uh, I've done some other shows and stuff with Hunter Roberts, and well, yeah, so, yeah, great. No, yeah, Hunter's great. Oh yeah, so I love no, I love it that way. I, I, I'll come there any day and do a show. Well, I'm going to hold you to that because when yeah. <laughs> when, <the laughs> when we actually get out, <laughs> when the city reopens, yeah, we were actually. It's funny because um, I'll say this: I'll let you get out of here. It's funny people that don't know. Uh, I don't know if you mind me sharing this or not, but you're out kind of hiding from the family for a minute. You're in the car with some beers, <laughs> chilling. So I appreciate you just taking the time to do that. Yeah, um, yeah, I am. Uh, I know my, my wife won't listen because she can, she probably doesn't listen to anything I do anymore. So she's probably so I'm probably clear on the <laughs> drinking beers in, in the parking lot here. <laughs> All right, if, uh, if we need to, I'll bleep it out or something. You know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We did. We did the last talk show we did downtown. I uh, had a couple guests on, and from that, some people in the audience had some comedian friends in the audience, and we basically booked like an entire show from that show. 
and oh, the world wow. shut down. So we were all excited to come out. We had several different things booked and we were going to do coming out of there, and it was like, yeah, the world's yeah. closed. It was literally like two days later that like all the stuff really started to blow up for us. So. Oh, yeah. I know. It's, it's weird. It's very weird. But, yeah, I would definitely, if you guys get some booked, I'd, I'll be ready to get out for sure. So. I, mean, I was already planning on driving to Wyoming, so yeah, Johnson City won't be won't yeah, be too, a bit too bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Wyoming's really. I know Kanye lives out there now, but like this is a little. Bit yeah. <laughs> is that who you were going to see? It was Kanye? Uh, no, no, no. I wasn't going to. <laughs> wasn't going to see Kanye, but no. <laughs> I was gonna say I know he invites a bunch of people out when he starts working on music. I don't know, maybe he had a new album he wanted you to help with or something. So I'm trying to get <laughs> yeah, an on that. I haven't haven't made it that. Not far yet. No, I'm I'm working on it. Yeah, one one day. Oh, he oh. was here though. He was from, he was in Sevierville at that church back that, then. I think it was January. So that that's true. I I think I made fun of it too much on online that he, he probably did. saw it. And yeah, I, never, <laughs> I was probably the only person in Sevier County that didn't get invited to that. So yeah, that, that you know, I thought maybe because you mentioned you were from there, I thought y'all had hooked up. You know, maybe connected <laughs> and got exchange information or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Um, I, now, yeah. one one cool thing I, I didn't mention is uh, in 2016, I started a company up in Gatlinburg called Gatlinburg Comedy Tours, and it's a, it's a walking comedy tour down on the strip in Gatlinburg, and there's a drinking tour, and there's a regular family-friendly tour. Well, I just sold it at the end of 2019, in December, uh, to one of my students, and uh, so one of my students and his wife... Uh, they bought the company, and so they're going to be doing it. But if anybody ever goes up to Gatlinburg, man, check it out. It's called Gatlinburg Comedy Tours. And, would, um, would that so, person that you sold it to, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Yeah. Would they have been at a Halloween comedy show at Scruffy City or whatever that place is called? Because I feel like I, I think I met them there that night because they had mentioned that to me then. How long ago was that? Those Halloween, this past this Oh, past this Halloween. past one? Yeah. Uh, it's possible, yeah, because we had already talked about them buying it, so it's it's highly possible they they could have um, could have been them, yeah, yeah. They're really really great people, and what they're going to do. See, for three years I did all the tours by myself, and it, so I was um, I was just walking people around every day, drinking moonshine and all that good stuff, and making them laugh, and um, with all the stuff I've got coming up and. I decided, you know, it was just too much for me to do, but I didn't want it to stop. So what they're going to do is hire a bunch of different tour guides, and uh, they're going to be able to do a lot more with it than I ever could. So it's going to be cool. But, yeah, I would encourage anybody that goes to Gatlinburg to check them out because it's a well, fun end. I told them, too, I was like, if I'm in the area, I'll be glad to take tours because I, I love doing them. They were so much fun, but I met, met some met some interesting people doing this tour, so. Yeah, that's a that's really that's a small world too because like I know that he had mentioned that to me. It must have had to have yeah. been because uh, we were oh, sure, yeah. sort of talking and people were out there smoking and taking a break. And I just remember yeah. running into him. Some of the uh, friends that I was there with knew that I was doing you know podcasts and show stuff. Yeah, like, hey, meet this guy. So I think it was the same guy. I guess it had to have been. So. It probably is. Yeah, yeah, good guy. Yeah, his name's Brad. So yeah. Yeah, that was it. I couldn't remember his name. Oh, yeah, that was it. It was ironic because I don't mean to bore you with information about me here, but, like, I had just done, and it hasn't come out yet, but I'd been shooting, I did help do a commercial for 
um, visit Gatlinburg, like a tourism commercial oh, wow. for the summer and the fall this upcoming year. Yeah. And so I just I'd come from Gatlinburg that day, came to Knoxville for that um, Halloween show, and then I met him there. So he was like, "Oh yeah, well we're doing a thing in Gatlinburg." So I think that's how it came wow. up in conversation. So wow, small world. Yeah, that that is crazy. Yeah, I've um I've been up there the last eight years. I I've, I've been driving from Knox West Knoxville all the way to Gatlinburg every day, an hour and a half each way. Been doing that for eight years, and if, if I wasn't doing shows or something on on the road, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. It, yeah, I think they'll do really well with it. I've been you know, helping them get. I feel bad for them. They were getting ready to start back in March, really blow it out, and then all this happened. So I'm sure, sure once summer kicks in, hopefully they'll 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 be blowing it out. Yeah, man. Well, you know, you've got you've got so much cool stuff going on, and I'm I'm gonna check out all of it whenever we can again. And like we mentioned, I'd love to have you here. Oh yeah. Um, and um, again, thanks for <laughs> thanks for going and hiding in your car for a few minutes to, to chat. Well, I appreciate. It. No, it was, it was it was nice to get out of the uh, get out of the way of the teenagers. So yeah, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, and one more time, just so people don't forget, where can they follow you? Because you said you mainly use Facebook. So where can people find you on there? Yeah, it's uh, Alex Stokes, uh, comedian slash author, and then uh, just comedianalexstokes.com. Those are the two best best ways. Awesome, man. Well, once again, Alex Stokes out of Knoxville, Tennessee, thank you for being on, and I look forward to chatting with you and getting with you again, too. Uh, thank, you, thank you so much, Nate. I appreciate it. Have a great, great day. You too, man. All right, thanks.